Okay. Before you tell the story, I want to say two things that we that are top of mind for me, and then we'll like start. Is the show. one that I look really nice and kind of nineties retro today. You look nineties retro and great. Thank you. No, that wasn't one of them, but great. You do. Add it in. One. Yeah. Scene Partners is planning a live show. What? what? Tell me more. September twelfth. Uh-huh. Here in Ottawa. What? We're going to be having a, Where li- else? a live show to kick off season two. Oh, my God. Isn't that really exciting? Yes. And if you put in promo code Casper Mattresses, <laughs> you can get a, You uh, can get into this free show for free. But I'm really excited because it's going to have, it's going to be um, at the end of the summer. So it'll be like a kickoff to the new season. Woo woo. It'll have some of our favorite guests from the first season. We loved all our guests, though. Wink. Oh, shoot. I should have. I should have said that better. <laughs> I hope I'm fueling drama. <laughs> Who didn't we like? <laughs> Um, so that's really, that's going to be really exciting. I'm super pumped. Me too. That's number one. People might get to meet JP for the first time. Oh my God, they will. People will be really excited. Oh my gosh, no, no. We (laughs) should build a fence around his sound booth so he's kind of like Wilson from Home Improvement and they only see half of his face. Yeah, I mean... I don't know if that's I ideal love, for he recording. He gave a thumbs up. He's ready. <laughs> um, second thing, uh, rate our podcast. I Please think it'd be rate really, it. We have like a, we have a few ratings, and they're all positive. All positive, but it's really helpful. It takes you two seconds. Yeah, you know how long it takes us to make this podcast? It takes Ryan a long time. Yeah, it takes me about an hour and a half every couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in summary. Uh, get ready for our live show in September and two rate our podcast in between. Unless you don't like it. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell me your story. Tell me your story. Okay, about. So as you know, uh, I just went to a travel doctor to get shots and I uh, am really chatty period, but I'm especially chatty when I'm really nervous. And so I became best friends with the travel doctor. He's going to start listening to our podcast. No, he's not. Yes, he is. His name is... No, I'm not going to say his name. Tells everybody has a fun name. Anyways, so we're like chatting. He's like looking in the book to see if I need a yellow fever shot. And then I, I cracked a couple jokes and he's like, oh, you're funny. I was like, thank you so much. That's all I have going for me. And I was like, I do amateur stand up because I just felt like plugging it. Whatever. And he was like, oh, my God. And then he spent 10 minutes trying to make me laugh. He said several times in that 10 minutes, I should be telling you about things that could go wrong while you're traveling. But instead, I'm going to keep trying to make you laugh. So I'm probably going to get terribly ill because I do not think he covered everything. He, he maybe didn't pay attention also to the um, needles, right? Like he's, he's too busy like, coming up with a joke. <laughs> a joke about race relations, you know, and, and forgot yeah. to. My favorite part was when I was like, buddy, you're fun. You're funny. You're pretty funny. There were some good moments and there are some things to work on. And then he's like, okay, go wait in the waiting room for the shots or whatever. And he comes out and there's this family of five sitting in the waiting room who are his next patients. And they're like, oh, did you take these photos in the waiting room? There's like a photo of a line and something else. And then a giant world map. And he's like, I took all of them except that one. That one was taken from space. And then he turned to me and I chuckle. And he's like, no, Christina, get up. Come look at the picture. Tell me if that was funny. See, it's a map. It's a drawn map. But I said it was a picture from space. And this whole family standing there being like, what What is, is their relationship? Happening? Yeah. Anyways, he says he's going to listen to the podcast. That's great. Yeah. Um, That's my whole story. I had a great time. <laughs> I think we're best friends. I'm going to go back. 
Yeah. He said in six months, I need another hepatitis shot. And I don't know if I really do or if he's just like, we need to keep in touch. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> I'm going to work on material. Yeah. Uh, How's your day? Good. That's all? You got nothing? <laughs> Are you jealous that I have a new best friend? We no. should have him on as a guest. No. What? <laughs> we have some of Ottawa's best up-and-coming comics and a doctor <laughs> who cracks jokes in the waiting room. He was funny. <laughs> the The map space yeah. joke was it was good. Yeah. Um, no, I'm good. I had I um, had a bachelor weekend, which was great. Um, not that I don't enjoy. Is it, it because your wife left you after several jokes I made on the podcast last week? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no. I mean they're highly, highly inappropriate. Yeah, they were. It really worked though. It works. It was the first episode I listened to, and I was like, "Shoof, I am a dirty girl." <laughs> yeah, uh, and then I never said "dirty girl." Again. No, you said that with a British accent, <laughs> and it sounded like uh, you work at like a British prep school, and <laughs> you're gonna punish somebody. How was your week? Did you have a good week? It's been a great week. The weather's been so nice. Oh my goodness. You should see how tanned I am. I mean, you can I see can, me. You can see you. <laughs> Listeners, you should see how tanned Listeners. I am. Okay, that we're going to take a picture from this episode because we keep forgetting to take pictures. That's true, we do. That's a little sidebar. That's a little back room talk. Okay. Uh, one week, I went camping this weekend. It poured rain, mm. uh, but we I hiked 20 kilometers in one day up three mountains. And wow. it was, uh, like, I put a p- picture up on Instagram, and I looked so happy. And I was like, man, you really do crop out the emotions yeah. for Instagram. Like, I, the first, like, three kilometers, nearly cried the whole time. <laughs> now that, no, that didn't surprise me. Yeah, because I was so wet and so cold, and I had slept in a tent horribly. And I was like, I hate this. Like, why am I doing this? And then we got to yeah. the first peak and I was like, oh my God, this is what life is. This is me living. Live, laugh, dance. The and- place where I go for a massage, <laughs> oh, no. there's a poster on the inside that says, life isn't about the breaths you take, but the moments that take your, take breath, your breath away. away. And I, I just, want that tattoo I just somewhere like, on my vomit body. Every time I read that. If you had to get one cliche quote tattooed on your lower back, what would it be? And why? <laughs> This episode is about Christina (laughs) becoming a better interviewer. Um, I saw a girl, because it's hot out, so people are wearing less clothing. Yeah. And her whole back was covered in like a Lord of the Rings-esque tree. Ooh. And I was like, that's so bold, and I kind of liked it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's all you got? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I'd like to get a tattoo someday. I kind of want a tattoo... As well. If I had to get a cliche statement on my lower back, I'd get hang in there, kitty cat. <laughs> That's all I know so far. Um, maybe mine would say, like a virgin. <laughs> Is that a cliche statement? No. Oh, okay. Um, what does that even mean? Uh, Madonna in yeah. this song yeah, I know that is being a- touched. For the very first time, like a virgin. But what does what does it mean to be touched like a virgin? Like you are like a virgin or you're being touched like a virgin? <laughs> is the touching the virgin-esque thing or is it the person being touched? That'd be uh, like, this is a very serious question. I'm going to touch you like a virgin. Okay, but are, is it the person that is doing the touching like a virgin or is the person being touched like a virgin? The person who is being touched is the virgin. <laughs> The person touching is probably quite experienced. They've touched a lot of the, people. It's just not clear from like a virgin. 
I'm taking these lyrics out of context. I really uh, can't remember. Okay, well, that is a big question I have now. I'll bring it into the Twitterverse. I don't think the person touching is saying. I know. I'm just saying. I. If the, the I don't know virgin. the lyrics, but if the lyrics are, I'm I'm gonna touch you like a virgin. It's unclear if there's like a particular way of touching someone. I'm not being articulate. No. But it's it's <laughs> unclear if it's the touched or the toucher that is like a virgin. If you are touching a, a virgin, yes, you should be gentle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm touching like a virgin, which is gentle. Yes. So Madonna could have simplified all this by saying, "I'm going to gently touch, touch you." you. <laughs> if it's about the toucher and not the touched, and be considerate of probably you're nervous. Um, the toucher or the touched? The be- person being touched is being nervous. Yeah. So they're like thinking, okay, <laughs> how do how do I navigate my body? And the Donna's being very like considerate and saying, I'm going to touch you like you're a virgin, <laughs> <laughs> gently and cool, gently. <laughs> this has been one of our most intact intellectual. Uh, I went to I went to um, if you're asking me about my week. I am. I'm interviewing you. How's that beer that I bought you? It's really good. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> I we go back and forth. No, no, no I'm just checking. that seemed targeted. <laughs> I um, I went to a restaurant. Yep. And I have trouble getting service at restaurants. I f- I think it's my face. Like when you sit at a table or at the bar. At the bar. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. I just have trouble. I yeah. don't. I don't think people care about me. But then even when I did get service, like it was. There's all these like girls doing shots, bros buying shots for Where girls. Where were you out for dinner? It was like a sports bar during like a oh game. Oh my god, we need to deal with the fact that you go to sports bars and don't tell me. I just like that my level of like confusion right now goes is it the touched or toucher that's like a virgin and that's one. Yeah. Two, Ryan at a sports bar. Okay, let me finish. You this. don't watch sports. Yeah. I- you watch sports? <laughs> Sorry, finish your story. So there's women doing shots. There's men, men buying crushing shots cans. And like, yeah, and like b- b- being all broy. And then you I'm should just be sitting like, there. I was in a Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> Grey Cup, and yeah. Let's continue. Um, I was just sitting there drinking my local beer. Uh huh. And well, actually, first, it was really hard for me to get the beer. And then I needed a refill. And then I wanted to order food. I wanted water because I was like thirsty, <laughs> but not for. And the service was so bad, like so bad. And I just was like, what am I doing? But then this is, I'm interviewing you. This is going to be a question I'm yeah, going to ask okay, you. But then it t- came time to pay. And I remembered, wow, wait staff yeah. get po- paid poorly. Yeah. And I still tip the guy quite well. Uh, of course. My question is to you, what's the worst service you've ever had mm-hmm. and still tipped because you're like, oh, but servers get paid horribly. When we were in New York for, we took a class at UCB. I remember I was with you. Yes. You went to Taco Bell a lot. Yeah, I did. I had a low budget point and I love Taco Bell. Please uh, advertise with us. (laughs) Casper mattresses. (laughs) Yeah, and Taco Bell. Uh, One day, so my friends came down because I have the best friends in the whole world. They came down to see our class show. And so we went for one of those like boozy lunches Mm. or brunches. The service was horrible. Like Like, American standard bad? No, way worse. (laughs) And the whole thing with boozy brunch is you pay a shit ton of money for shitty food. Yeah. But you get unlimited like vodka, orange juice or mimosas. But you only get them if they bring them to you. 
And so you're like, I've just paid $35 for the mm. crappiest egg spaniel I've ever had. So I want more mimosas. Never brought more. I think I had one. That's horrible. It was horrible. And then the other thing I forget in the States is they don't split your bill unless no. you specify at the beginning. So she brings this bill over. It's for all of our meals. And we're like all kind of like throwing cash at it. We're like, okay. One person counts it down. And it's like, yeah, there's probably like a 15% tip there. And I'm like, great. That's fine. Like she wasn't great. I like don't want to tip her, but obviously we have to. And so, cause she was also kind of rude anyways. So we like hand her all the money and she's like, any change? And we're like, nope, we're good. Thanks so much. You were useless. <laughs> Except that sounds so mean. She was just really rude. She comes back with the money and the bill and puts it on the table and goes, mm, I think you didn't count this properly. This is the lowest tip I've gotten today. What? And she just left it. She's like, I'll let you recount and then walked away. Oh, isn't that brutal? That's crazy. I just like we just sat there be like, are you kidding? And then obviously, because all of us are like, we just threw more money at it. Like I kind of if I was a bolder, more confrontational person, I would have taken some of the money away and been like, that was so unnecessarily rude. <laughs> yeah. Like, I cannot believe you did that. That was horrible service. I love how, how both of us like I'm thinking too. like if I was bold and more confident, I would have been like, yeah. Deal with it, but I, I'm no. obviously the guy that's like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And I you. try to think like maybe the working conditions there are super shitty mm -hmm. and it's like has nothing to do with her not being able to count like bad service, but just like the fact that there's a billion people there and they're understaffed or whatever it is. But she was also just rude. Yeah. But could I wish I was bold enough to put the money back on the table and be like, mm, more. Yeah, I could, like, I never. could never do that. Never. I'd be like, I'm so sorry. I didn't do a great job serving you. Please take your tip back. I could, uh, yeah, I could never do that. I so that's my worst experience. I mostly assume in a work context that I'm the one at fault. Like I often, always, yeah, always, always. My default position is I screwed this up in everything I do. In <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's a really good like approach to take to like a relationship. Like, how it, can I be better next time? Sure, but sometimes <laughs> it's how can the other person be better, and we never get there. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to talk about? about? Uh, so, okay. So there was this fight. No, we're doing great. Uh, <laughs> I had something else to tell you about. Oh, I got headshots taken. And by headshots, don't give me that look because it's going to be very Christina-esque. I had to get headshots for this comedy thing. And uh, <laughs> it wasn't for the, yeah, sorry. <laughs> what? No, nothing. Keep going. So I had to get them. So I made a coworker take them who has a nice camera. And two of my other coworkers were the artistic directors who just yelled stuff at me. So I can tell you that I got some really professional headshots uh, taken. When can listeners see these headshots? Uh, there's one on Facebook. I saw that. There's some funny ones, though. Maybe I'll post some funny ones yeah. for the next episode. Yeah, I, I've, uh, I've really gotten the habit of like uh, giving a thumbs down to a lot of the things on your Facebook. You, the other day, I posted that I was co-producing a weekly comedy show <laughs> and that I was super excited for it, and it was going to be like a great space for comedians. And you put the angry face. <laughs> I'm just crying out for attention from you. <laughs> Can you see or me? Or sometimes, what was it? I posted a picture from California with my mom or something. And we're on the beach and you're like, I'm not liking this. Yeah. I just don't understand where we went wrong. I like your mom. She's great. Yeah. She's a great lady. She got me a UCB sweater. That's so nice. It was so nice. We went to UCB. She got us matching sweatshirts. That's so cute and nice. It was actually really cute. What's it like at UCB LA? It's 
huge. Okay. It is like a, it's its own building. I think there's two locations. So this is one of them, but it's its own giant building. It has like a cafe and a games room and a bar downstairs. All the classrooms are upstairs. And then there's two theaters on the main floor. It's amazing. It is. Ugh. And you could just see all the improvisers who are taking classes there. And they were like in the bar and the cafe talking about scenes. And I Ugh. just was like, I want this so bad. Yeah. I want it so bad. Like I'm sexually excited. I am as well. I just <laughs> orgasmed. I'm glad we're all on the same page. We did it. God damn it. Cut that out. <laughs> we did a scene uh, not that long ago. Like us as a little awkward. Our troop. Mm-hmm. And where you were having trouble orgasming and. Melissa, our other scene partner, was like your orgasm personified. Yeah, and you guys were fighting. Yes, I we went that. to court together. Yeah, the orgasm and the person. I really love that. It was about custody over the clit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that was that was a weird. Improv is weird. Yeah. Like, I always like once you're in the scene, you're like, okay, this is the reality. Like this is exactly what needs to be happening and it's it's true and it's normal because you have to think that scene is normal or else the whole thing's gonna go yeah. sideways yeah and so the the normal thing is to have an orgasm separated from the person fighting over i'm gonna say it again the clit that I, is the normal base reality and it just has to be and then you think about it later and you're like that is so fucking weird that's so weird <sighs> But that's the scene that we did. And I giggled a lot. You did giggle a lot. You were not a great judge. If I'm going to critique you, yeah, you broke character well, a little bit. Well, there is your orgasm over there yelling at you. It's, yeah. And it's pretty funny. Super aggressive orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess is, I don't know if that's what you want out of an orgasm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I want an orgasm to touch me like a virgin. <laughs> like gently. Gently. <laughs> Uh, if, I think if people want like a window into a relationship, ours, yeah, great. I, I was sitting, <laughs> I was sitting at a coffee shop this weekend, and you messaged me. You said, "Hey, are you at this coffee shop?" And I said, um, "No, I just l- left there actually, but let me know when you're there, and I'll come join you." Yeah, and then I texted you because I. <laughs> Went back there to be like, oh, oh where, no, where you are you? Back. And then you're like, yeah, I decided not to. That's not what happened. <laughs> so I had like, to walk my dog. We're like so over, over this relationship. Is that, are you breaking up with no, me No, I on feel air? like you broke up with me. At the coffee shop yeah, by not showing yeah, up. By not showing up. Yeah. Next thing you know, we're going to be at a court case fighting over <laughs> JP. Yeah. <laughs> well... I'm Facebook friends with him, so. What the fuck? Yeah. I'm still not. Yeah. I'm, excuse me. <laughs> you cannot add him right now. No, you're right. It seems too forced. <laughs> He'll add me in his own time. Did he add you? No, I added he him. He literally just went, eh. <laughs> I added him. I'm a treat to be yeah. Facebook friends with. Yeah. I don't post that much. Uh, do I post too much? Uh, I do worry that I only post like once every couple days. Is that too much? I post at the birth of my child and that's it. And I don't even have kids. Okay, but then what's the point of having Facebook if you to never creep post? other people? So you want me to post so you can creep it. I want to creep mostly like people I went to high school with. That no one talked to. Hot yeah. girls I had crushes on, but have since. Yeah, who are now pregnant and you're very attracted to. Well. That's a good bit. <laughs> That's a good bit. Something about their bodies. Oh, my God. Speaking of bits, should we go into 
Was that funny? Was that funny? Was it funny? I don't know, but Ryan will probably cut mine out of the show. Oh, 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 I just want to pre- preface this segment uh-huh. by saying it's beautiful outside. Mm-hmm. And an encouragement to all mm-hmm. listeners, just go outside and play. Just go inside and play. But if you're inside, here are some things that you can watch. Oh, I like that. Mm. That's a nice preface. Are you just going to completely ignore my song? It was good. What do you want me to say? Dear listeners, this is a slightly (laughs) aggressive episode. Not as aggressive as the orgasm I went to court with, but pretty aggressive. Because I, for the first time in a long time, listened to an episode of the podcast. Not because I don't love the podcast. I think we're hilarious. I just hate my voice. And who I am as a person. <laughs> and I like forget the things I say. And then I listen to the podcast and it's like Pepe's dick was hard. And I'm like, oh, no. That's a reference to the previous episode. Yeah. Listeners should know that. Well, Don't skip ahead. Anyway, so I listened to the episode and it came to the segment. Was that funny? And I'm like, "Ooh, here we go. And I listen and I listen. And then I'm like, oh, no. Ryan, cut my was that funny. Cut it out. I might cut this. You're going to cut this? I might. Ah, shit. Just giving me (laughs) shit the whole time. Okay. Hello. Hi. Welcome to Was That Funny? Where we discuss if things are funny or not. Sometimes. We mainly dissect the plot of it and say if we think the main characters are attractive or not. And who's on our list? List. Oh, right. Because Ryan promised he would reveal (laughs) someone new on his list Mm. each week. Mm. Would you like to do that now? This is his very unique list of people he could still sleep with even though he's married. He thinks that this is a very unique thing to have. Are you going to reveal your one of your people? Well, I said Kevin Bacon last week, and yeah, I'll reveal someone tonight. Yuck. Why don't you pick an, another old man? Kevin Bacon was here. I know. Yeah. I just, Kevin Bacon is so much more than old to me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> he's just, um, I have Kevin Bacon. Currently, and this is like a a less well known Jason Manzukis. I know who that is. Yes, uh, he's in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yes, he is, like in a minor role. Yeah, yeah, but he was. He was. Um, he does a lot of podcasts. Yep. He does. How did this get made? Yeah. And I, if he strutted past me, I would just lose it. I just want to pause on that. So everybody has these lists. Yeah. Or couple, mostly couples do. Yeah. Yeah. If I have this wa- list when I'm single. So. <laughs> yeah. If he was walking by, w- would you say something to him and and would you take him up on that? Or like, would you make oh, that? Like if it actually was a reality? Mm. Like, would you say, like, this is probably an easy way to broach this. Yeah. Hi, Jason. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. I think you're very hilarious. You're one of my favorite improvisers. I want to sex you. And no, no, but like in seriousness, and and my partner and I have agreed that I could have sex with you if we if ever met in per- <laughs> and you're interested. Person. Yeah. Does that interest you? Like, would you say that? I, uh, yeah. No, <laughs> I don't know. It's like a fictional, like, I would never run into him. So I'm trying to think. This happened to Ross on Friends. He runs into one of the people on his list, oh, but yeah. he had just cut her off of the list. And so he like shows her the list and she's like, I'm not on this. He's like, oh, you were on an earlier draft. And she's like, that's flattering. Thank you. Um, 
I probably wouldn't. I'd be like, you, I admire you so much. You're a comedic genius. You're so good at improv. I, I think don't you're want one of sexual relief. I think you're one of the sexiest men alive. May I touch Te- your chest? Okay. <laughs> That'd be the end of it. I don't think I could, I don't think I could, you know, sex him. Yeah, like I would have to, like. <laughs> this is the awkwardest episode. No, it's very important to know. Because would people- you, if Kate Beckinsale walked down the street. And you knew that Sarah was like, go for it, sweetie. Okay. I would I would have to know from celebrity gossip columns if, if she was if she's in a relationship. I don't wanna, you and know. And maybe you're on her list of like normal people <laughs> if I run into them, I can have sex with them. Normal people I'd fuck if I see them in the yeah. middle of the street. And then she just like creeps Facebook endlessly. She's like, mm, this Ryan Mulligan. <laughs> this guy that looks his beard's a little thin, but oh, come um on. Oh come on. I okay. would. If if yes. If she was single, really, I would. I would like to think that I'd be brave enough. I don't, really, I'd probably be like, "Can I buy you a drink?" No. Yeah, I would ask him on like a date. Yes, I'd be like, "Do you want to get dinner?" And then if dinner led to something, <laughs> and I knew my boyfriend was okay with that, then maybe. But okay. I wouldn't just be like on the street, like, "Hey, you, me." Yeah, that's a little aggressive. It. That's a little aggressive. Yeah, it's the date first. It's and like a normal person. They're normal they're people. They're normal people. They want to be romance a little bit. They want to be romance. They don't want to just come up to be like, you're on my list, let's fuck. I also think that's the creepiest thing to tell someone like, hey, you're on my list. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd say that over like the third glass of wine. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Where were funny. we? Okay. Was that funny? What did you watch? I watched the movie in line with, okay, so I've been watching lots, lots of coming of age movies lately. Uh-huh. This happened when I watched a bunch of John Hughes movies. And Is this from your Bachelor weekend? Yes, it was from a Bachelor weekend. Um, I watched the movie Days and Confused. I haven't seen it. Oh, you would love would it. it. Yeah. Would it? Would I? Would I? So it it basically it, the like it's a came out in the nineties, but it's based in the seventies, and it's about a coming of age like story of a uh, kids graduating from uh, high school, mm-hmm. and then kids going from grade eight to grade nine. So like going into high school. Yeah. And it's like, it feels so much like a John Hughes movie. I love John Hughes movies. Um, Well, there's a lot of problems with them now. We've done that. We've I've read some articles. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, So Richard Linklater directed it and wrote it. Um, And this is Matthew McConaughey's first ever movie. Oh, I don't like Matthew McConaughey. So again, I don't either. But but he's young here. He he is. um, He's 24, 25 or something like that. And he's going into grade eight? No. So let me describe (laughs) describe the plot to you. Not a good interview. So basically he he was in a bar and the director, Richard Linklater, came up or they started talking just at the bar. And Matthew McConaughey is weird as hell. Yeah. And just in how he acts normally. And then Richard Linklater is like, we need somebody like you in the movie who's like the older graduated guy, but still hangs around with high school students, like keep reliving his past glories and stuff. And that's the character he plays. He's like an older guy that just hangs out with grade 12 kids. Creepy, but cool. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Creepy. Um, But it's a first movie that he's in. And he also uses the line like, all right, all right, all right. Oh, and he's still kind of known for that. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. And do you know the line... It's like a super, like it's a obviously a problematic line. So like he says, uh, the thing I like about high school girls is I keep getting older, but they still, they say the same age. Yeah. Yeah. So he Ooh, says it in that movie creepy. and like the whole movie, but it's like, anyway, so I watched it and I had John Hughes in mind, like pretty in pink, um, breakfast club mm-hmm. and all those movies, uh, uh, 16 candles. 
Yeah. All that stuff. I felt like it was trying to be John Hughes so hard. Yeah. But the thing that, so it's appropriate that you bring up the problematicness of John Hughes movies mm-hmm. because there are for sure problematic. So many problems. I read a really good article by Molly Ringwald. I love Molly Ringwald. And she was going through kind of reflecting back in the Me Too era, what those movies are. And I she's mean, yeah. specifically talked about Breakfast Club and consent in that movie. So <clears throat> bad. Totally. Oh. But she also said in that time, John Hughes was the first person giving voice to like storytelling from a high school kid's perspective mm-hmm. that told coming of age and the problems with it. And like, she's like, he told it in an empathetic way. I'm doing injustice to the article It's fantastic. It was really long, but she kind of said, here's the bad, here's the good. Yeah. I come out with kind of like, eh, yeah, like in the, in the end. And then she also talked about how he told it from a woman's standpoint and he consulted her a lot on how the script came across and, and he took a lot of her feedback into the writing of the script. Huh. So with that in mind, Days and Confused, I found really wanted to be a John Hughes movie. Yeah, but wasn't. But quiet. it was super bro-y. And there was no, and you could tell the difference because there was no strong female like perspective to carry through the movie. It was super like football guy heavy. Just like guy, 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 yeah. Even though it was a whole high school class. And so there's a lot like there's you had your choice of students to pick from. Yeah. It was all guys that drove the plot and all about like obviously the getting laid narrative is heavy in all of them. Yes. (laughs) But but like they just really missed the like. The mark on it. Yeah. Was it funny? Should I watch it? You said I would like it. You should watch it because it's like of that era. It's like the. Deals with like the angst of graduating and the angst of like just aging or fitting in. So it still has those marks and still really that's good. That's my dream plot. It's still really good. If I really can good. deal with adolescent angst in every movie, yeah. that's my dream. But I'm going to say, and you can correct me if I'm, I'm wrong in this, that John Hughes movies are better. Okay, I'll watch Days and Confused. But I like Say Anything, which I'm pretty sure is a John Hughes movie. It's not. It's not a John Hughes no. movie? Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Well, I did love 16 Candles until a recent rewatching of it, and there's a lot of problems with it. 100%. Uh, pretty in Pink will always be one of my favorite movies, and I'm pretty sure Ducky is my soulmate. Uh, like Ducky the character. Yes. Oh, that reminds me of someone else who's on my list. Cameron, Cro- <laughs> Cameron Crowe directed. Oh, uh, oh say, say anything has such a John Hughes vibe to it. Yeah, I it love is. John Cusack in that movie. Um, and but Breakfast would you Club. Have sex with him? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, I would. If he held a boombox outside, I would. Do you know how many women have probably said, like, here, hold this above your head? I hold me above your head, and then that's I got nothing else. So he has to bench press you, and then you'll have sex with him. (laughs) That's that's my standard for everyone. If I'm ever single again, I will only date people that can bench press me, which is a big feat because I am six feet tall. Find you outside the gym. (laughs) I'm ready. Waiting for big dudes to come out. Touch me like a virgin. So gently. So gently, but also. Support your butt. <laughs> this is a weird episode. <laughs> really, they're all weird. Know, okay, do you have a show you want to talk okay, about? Okay, I don't have a show. I have a book. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this uh, segment isn't really supposed to be about books. No, we said at the very first episode it'd be about books <sighs> as well. And all then right. we never did anything. And I'm starting <laughs> to think that our, re- our listeners think we might be illiterate. So I'm going to bring up a book. It's called Everything is Horrible and Wonderful, a trash comic memoir of genius, heroin, love, and loss. And it's by, do you know who Harris Whittles was? No. He was, JP, do you know? 
Yeah, JP. How does JP know? Okay, so Harris Wills was a stand-up comedian, uh, but he was more known, I think, for being a writer on Parks and Rec. Okay. And the Sarah Silverman show, like he was 30 and had already written on the Sarah Silverman show, was one of the executive writers on Parks and Rec. He was like exceptionally talented. He ended up being, uh, so he died of a heroin overdose. Really? Yes. And uh, when he was 30. And he, um, so I didn't know him either. Like, I don't know comedians, but I found this book when I was at UCB in LA, they were selling it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to read this. Um, that's an interesting story, Christina, (laughs) way to go. And, uh, so he died when he was 30 from a heroin overdose, right as he was co, like he was one of the head writers on Master of None with Aziz Mm. Ansari and was going to star as his best friend. So this was going to be like his big acting break because he had had a smaller role in Parks and Rec. But this was going to be his big acting break. Uh, and he had gone to rehab a couple times and it just didn't keep, it wasn't working. And mm-hmm. it seemed like he was doing better and then he died of an overdose. So his sister, uh, who he was very, very, very close with, wrote a book about him and his struggle with addiction. Uh, but it's, it is uh, one of the best books I think I've ever read. I sobbed uncontrollably. That sounds like From you. almost start to finish on the bus every day to work. It was like, by the time I'd get to work, I was so emotionally exhausted. I thought it was the end <laughs> of the day and it was like 7.45 a.m. And I was like, oh no. It goes through the year after, like the moment she finds out he has died hmm. to a year, like the year anniversary of his death. But in between, it also talks about like his childhood, but then the couple years that she finds out about his addiction and then him dealing with it. And just one, their bond is so beautiful as a brother and sister, but also just it, it captures so beautifully living close to someone and like having a close relationship with someone who's struggling with addiction, which is a very personal topic for me. And two, like the grief, because she writes it in real time. So it's really just her journal of the first year after he died of her best friend and brother, who's the most talented comedian, has died. And it is like the most raw account of grief and dealing with it that I've ever read. Mm -hmm. It is an amazing book. And it's funny. Is it funny? Yes, because it also captures like who he was as a comedian. And there's like little excerpts from different comedians talking about him. Uh, and they like pull out some of his jokes he had. And I didn't know him as a comedian before, but now I've looked him up and I like a lot of his stuff. Uh, but it is like everyone should read this book. That's really cool. That's all I got. Can you give the title again? Everything is horrible and wonderful. But seriously, if anyone has ever had a family member who's addicted to drugs, it's like not only is it a really beautiful, raw, heartbreaking telling of grief, but it's this really like perfect, I think, telling of what it's like to live and love someone who is an addict. Hmm. It was amazing. That sounds awesome. I suggest it. I have it. If anyone wants to borrow it, (laughs) send us an email. And then on a less serious note, we got our first Instagram DM to the podcast. Our first? I feel like I've sent a ton of dick pics to that account. (laughs) (laughs) Was yours the one on the bed of lettuce? Yeah, obviously. That changes everything. Uh, So (laughs) we got our first DM and it was uh, to me. And it was telling me that if I liked um, A Christmas Prince, which, by the way, Netflix is making a sequel to, so you know I can't wait. They shouldn't. Uh, The person recommended I watch uh, The Kissing Booth, which was hilarious because as I opened the direct message, I was already watching it in that exact moment. Unbelievable. Uh, It is. It's something. 
It's so bad. It's so good. It's horrible. The kissing it's booth? wonderful. I'm going to see the Rotten Tomatoes score of the kissing booth. Oh, it's going to be so bad. Also, there is some like really toxic masculinity things going on in it. But if you n- ignore those, which it's up to you if you do, <laughs> um, it's really cute. <clears throat> what does it have? Don't let me guess. 20, I'm going to say... 61. No, that's too high. I'm going to say 42. <laughs> Can I just read one of the reviews? says, oh, no. very weak story with misogyny and cringe lurking around every corner. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it really does. There's like some really bad anger undercurrent. But you hear, <laughs> heard it here first. Christina recommends. I don't know if I recommend it. It's not very good. <laughs> like, don't watch it for like the value of the plot. Watch Don't, it for like the couple moments you get butterflies about high schoolers being in love. That they just look so cute and innocent and they're like, I love you after one date. That is cute. That never happened to me in high school. Did that ever happen to you in high school? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Someone declared their love for you after one date? Oh, I was declaring my love oh, for people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. me too. Yeah. All the time. I declared my love to like a brick wall in high school. Huh? I was like, I see you looking at me when we play tennis together. All right. Today we have a very special guest. He's currently my favorite stand-up comedian in Ottawa. Wow. And the world, because I only know Ottawa yes. comedians. <laughs> Uh, it is David Brennan. Thank you so much for coming. Oh my God, thanks for having me, guys. I, when we were talking before, I was like, people are going to swoon over this voice. Oh. Yeah. You have a voice. For you a- have a radio voice. Oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Um, and a face for movies. Yeah. <laughs> One time in high school, someone told me I had a radio voice. And then my mom was like, they're just telling you you're ugly. Oh, <laughs> wow. Like, oh, no. And Ouch. I don't think you have a radio voice. I've heard yeah, it. I don't have a movie <laughs> face or a radio voice. I do. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming to the podcast. My pleasure. I've been listening to the show and uh, it's fantastic. It's great. Oh, my gosh. You have to say that because you're on it. But thank you so much. Yeah, no, really, really that's, that's great. Um, well, welcome. And where are you from? What What's your deal? Sure, man. Everything. What's your deal? <laughs> uh, I'm from uh, Hamilton uh, originally and uh, lived in Toronto for about uh, 12, 13 years. I've mm-hmm. uh, been here in Ottawa since uh, last summer. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, bulk of my uh, time on stage is uh, the sketch comedy. Uh, How did you get into sketch? Sketch, uh, yeah, pretty naturally, just with uh, a, a best pal from high school yeah. and a couple other dudes from across town. They went to the East End School. Did you perform <laughs> in, do you sketch in Toronto? Yeah. Is that, um, who, who is that with? Uh, so my group was called The Imponderables. Um, we got our start in Hamilton and then touring Fringe Festivals. Oh, cool. Yeah, signed really cool. to uh, Second City for uh, for a bit there. And because uh, I know you, you, you guys are the, the improvisers. Of course. That's yeah. um, our bread and butter. So uh, I'm not an improviser, but uh, our time at Second City, I was around. Uh, some of the best. Like, have you ever done improv? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. You've dabbled. Yeah. But mostly the sketch people and the improv people in Toronto, there's a lot of intermingling. Yeah, but, of course. But the sketch people are the cowards of the staged <laughs> comedy world, right? Because we like to know ABC, yeah. Yeah. where it's going. Yeah. Uh, but no, so I got to spend a lot of time at Second City. We would go on after the main stage show and then they would do their improv set. So okay. we would go on after that for the late show doing yeah. our, our stuff. But I got to see some some of the best. Uh, but your first kind of venture was stand up. Yeah, I was 17. Crazy. You yeah. started when you were 17. Yeah. What made you start? 
I was a big comedy nerd. I was a big fan. You're all comedy nerds. Uh, yeah, that's how it starts. And I'll then check you go. Out of this combo for well, a bit. when you started doing stand up, you went to like an open mic and you said, oh, well, I could do at least half as good as these people, right? I think, yeah, I no. think everybody has it. Sure. Yeah, you you for sure went and thought. We're both putting our fingers at yeah, Christina. Yeah, I was like, like you, We're going to tell you. No, you for sure thought, like, well, I'm funny. I could do this. Huh. I'll have to think about that. No, I think it was like, <laughs> I want to do improv all the time and you can't in Somebody Ottawa. told me I had a radio voice in school. <laughs> like, and I think I'm slightly less ugly. So um, so you're 17 and you're yeah. a comedy nerd. Sure. And so you just like, did you just sign up for an open? Like, how did you ease into stand up? Yeah, well, I was lucky. There was a Yuck Yucks in Hamilton. Uh, yeah. There still is. It was in a different spot. Uh, you could still smoke in the clubs. Ooh. So, you know, I'd go home. <laughs> I'm 36. <laughs> Continue. Uh, um, and I'd go home, I'd finish my homework, and then I'd go on stage, and they would blow blue plumes of smoke in my face, and yeah. I'd be up there like, my dog, well, he does this, you know. Yeah, what was your initial, like, you're 17, sure. yeah. what were your initial sets about? Yeah, yogurt, <laughs> dogs, <laughs> like, really terrible stuff. Kind of things sure. a 17-year-old wants to yeah. talk about. And you're around, like, this this comedy crew of, like, adults and all like all types of people. And did they people. accept you into the community? Sure. Or were they, like, you're just some 17-year-old no. punk kid who wants to talk about yogurt? No, no, I was right in there. You're in there? That's Absolutely. great. I remember there's a stand-up set I really like by a guy named James Acaster. Mm-hmm. And he, as first time I saw him was on Conan O'Brien, like, just a clip of him. And he said, like, he's a British com- comedian. He's like, I'm going to do a set on... On apricots, and I know you're all thinking, "Great, another British guy talking about yeah, apricots." Yeah, yeah. I love that's that. what I think about when you say yogurt. Sure. Like, I'm just going to do a set on yogurt. Hope yeah. everybody's cool yeah. with that. You know, and that's a controversial to. topic. Like, people have like opinions about yogurt. That's not sarcastic. No, no. Like, people have no, you better like, watch yourself. People they, pulling you aside after, like, yeah. man, I really didn't like what you said about yogurt up there. <laughs> but sure. you Greek yogurt's the best. Probiotic <laughs> fibers. Uh, so then, okay. So then you started, um, stand up and then what you, what got you into sketch? Like, was it like, Oh, I love SNL. I love kids yeah. in the hall or loved that. Loved kids in the hall. Uh, the guys and I, we would, uh, be doing stand up nights and then be calling out jokes or doing each other's. So we were like, Oh, we should really kind of blow this out. And at the time, uh, a couple of them were doing Tony and Tina's wedding as an improvised, uh, show was at Second City for a long time. Oh, cool. So it's based around like the same thing happens in the show every night, but how you get there is different. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we kind of started doing our own version of that. It was a murder mystery show called Prosciutto per tutti. Uh, that means prosciutto for everybody. And so we started raising money that way and uh, started touring the fringe with uh, with our sketches. That's like, really cool. That yeah. is so cool. Yeah. Across, we'd start in Montreal and then head all the way to um, Victoria and including the Duncan Fringe Festival. Duncan has a Fringe they Festival? They did. Yeah, know. it's gone for <laughs> sure. This was in 2001. Can I tell you one more thing that happened there? Yeah. Uh, in the Fringe, you bill it. So you stay yeah, for yeah, free yeah. with people who volunteer to let yeah. four 20-year-olds or like yeah. into their basement uh, like animals. So we're like killing time waiting to get picked up. We pick up the small newspaper and it's like, oh, the Cowichan Fringe, Duncan Fringe is coming. Uh, volunteers, we still need those billets and this. The Imponderables still need a place to stay. <laughs> That's what it said in the, in the, news, in the town newspaper. 
So we found out we A did not have a place to stay and B we're like homeless. We found that out in the paper. Yeah. In the bus parking lot. I hope you kept that kept that clipping like maybe someone. I just pictured the town hall meeting being like, Who wants the one woman show? We'll take her. Who wants the three twenty year olds get no one? We stayed with this other couple, Norm and Georgina in Winnipeg, in their basement, which had aluminum foil like on the ceiling. And uh, they were huge potheads, and they would like they were like, "We chose you guys." And you're like, "What?" That's what people say before they kill you. That's what they kill you. Hundred percent the star of a horror movie. She took me under her wing because we both like REM. Uh, Norm would come in. His job, he sold a hot dog and T-shirt launchers online, <laughs> and so he'd come in with like a hash pipe sticking out of his mouth and be like, "Sold another one," like to like University of Connecticut or something. We'd be like, "Way to go, Norm." Are they expensive? Like, I don't know, maybe. If you sold one, was that like your month's mortgage yeah. payment? <laughs> there, like, was that a big deal? Yeah, probably. It takes a lot of engineering <laughs> to get a hot dog to Does go he make far. them as no. well or just... No, he's like a crappy... Like, he's a middleman. Yeah, he's a crappy middleman. <laughs> so on stage, so you're clearly a performer. Like, you're very theatrical. I... You didn't. I think you told me once you did sketch, but I knew it as soon as mm. I saw you perform. Mm. I was like, he's either an improviser, but he's too controlled to be an improviser. <laughs> so he's clearly done sketch because I know improvisers that go on stage. I'm one of them that we get too loose on mm. stage. It's like instantly we start to riff with the audience or we hear a good button and then we just keep playing off of it. And it's too loosey goosey. Yeah. Where sketch people that go into comedy, it seems like it's like it gives you the theatrics, but you're tighter to your content. Yeah. How did you get so dang controlled? Oh, I, I, that's a lot. I mean, that's, that's How really cool to hear. How do you do it? I'm just uh, going to take some Okay, notes. so first, oh my goodness, she's getting what? in her pen. Um, so I'm back in stand-up full-time now. Uh, I don't know who's, uh, like in Ottawa, who's everyone's like heroes are, but Ottawa comics kind of like to plant themselves down and... Uh, do the talkity talk, yeah. which is cool. Like if that's that's your scene or style. But, but. you are such a breath of fresh. Not that that's bad. No, like it's not all, bad. There's some really amazing comedians in Ottawa. It's a ridiculous scene right now. It's yeah. like bananas. How much talent? Somebody in called there. me old school. I w- you're just refreshing. Old school. Wow. What does that mean? Is it like you're using your voice and your arms? <laughs> how does that feel? <laughs> a little bit weird. <laughs> a little bit weird. <laughs> um, I hear you have a really good Michael Caine. I do. Uh, yeah, it's something I've been working on for a bit. Um, it's it's based. I used to work at HMV in Toronto. Okay. And this girl came in and she was flipping through the poster rack and she said, uh, excuse me, like, where are all your Michael Caine posters? <laughs> Which is a. <laughs> but I'm like, well, first of all, it's not a thing. <laughs> that does Number not exist. One. He's maybe been on one poster yeah, ever. And it was ever, like... ever. Uh, and so it kind of goes from there. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you want to give relationship advice? Yeah. It's a Dear Amy. <laughs> dear Very Amy. different. Um, dear, dear Amy Adams. Oh, I hope. She seems nice. Yeah, she seems She does seems. seem nice. <laughs> she uh, deserves an Oscar. Sorry, uh, go ahead. Arrival. Dear Amy Adams, <laughs> I'm a young guy. I went to college in the same town I grew up in, and so I lived at home through college. After graduating, I got a job away in the city where my best friend from high school lives. He suggested that we get an apartment together, and now we're roommates. Cute. Everything has been fine, except for this. On a few occasions, I've caught, in, caught him wearing my clothes. <laughs> I also noticed as he's been wearing my boxer shorts. <laughs> when I asked why he was wearing my underwear, he said he's been too busy to do laundry. <laughs> he does work full-time and is getting a graduate degree, but that's no excuse to wear my clothes, especially my underwear. Is this normal? He laughs it off and says it's no big deal, and that, <laughs> he, has, that he, he and his roommate in college borrowed clothes and boxers all the time. 
I wouldn't want to wear another man's underwear, and I don't want someone else wearing mine. How do I tell him to stop? I'm not confrontational. Have we done this one? No. no. Have we done this one? Maybe I just had a friend who went what through this. What did we say, last? <laughs> I don't know. I think I've had a friend go through this. Really? Maybe remember, he wrote to Dear Amy. Do you remember what the friend did? I think he just said... Don't wear my clothes. I don't know if it was underwear specific, wear but my it was clothes, a... bra. No, clothes. Stop. Clothes bra. are very bra. different than underwear, though. Yeah. Hands off my gitch, bra. <laughs> That's what you say? That's the advice right there. Hands off my gitch, bra. I mean, he's already he's already confronted this guy. Yeah. And the and the guy was like, dude, dude, I just... we do this all the we time. This and okay. My old, my old if, buddy. if it was me, <laughs> bra. If it was me. <laughs> I, knowing that I don't like confrontation, I would just start doing the guy's laundry, which I'm not saying oh is like the solution. God. I that's, would. That's. I would because I'd be scared to bring it up again. Like you've already brought it up once, and the guy's like, "This isn't weird. This is on you, not me. I'm going to wear your underwear." I would just be like, "Okay, if the issue is that you don't have clean laundry, I'll do your laundry." Wow. I'm not saying that's the solution. I wouldn't. But that's what I would do. The guy's never going to move out. <laughs> what else? This guy's getting free underwear <laughs> and free, free underwear. But not free underwear anymore. He's just getting free laundry. And then if he's kept wearing my underwear, I don't know. Because I'd be like, you have clean ones of your own. And he's like, I just like the way yours feel. I'd be like, oh, no. What do you use <laughs> what do you? that makes me feel so good wearing your gitch? Well, dear I, bra. Dear bra. Um, I think... It's is it weird? Because girls, I would never borrow another woman's underwear, but no. I borrow like a roommate's dress. Yeah, that's so different. So different. But the underwear that is I love like how it's like boxer shorts. <laughs> you want to be very clear <laughs> that it's like loosely yeah. billowing. It's whoa, not like whoa, we don't wear tight boxers. Gitchies. Like, whoa, whoa, dude, we're not sharing boxer briefs. <laughs> no, that's, that would be that's, different. That's too weird to even write into Dear Amy. Dear bra. <laughs> um, I think I would just do his laundry. I would. That's so <laughs> that's bad. Or I'd buy him like extra. I hate, You're conf- I hate confrontation, though. Like I, the thought of it makes me so nervous that I'd just be like, hey, I know you didn't have underwear this week. I saw you borrowed a pair of mine, so I did your laundry. It's folded. It's put away. <laughs> I made a pot roast. Let's call it a day. David, I want to I want to ask you a question. Sure. Boxers are like they're just like baggy shorts. They're just what's, baggy shorts. What's the deal? We just borrow my shorts, man. You didn't you didn't have clean shorts, so just borrow my. <laughs> it no, matter. is that the same to I borrow would, someone's boxers as like borrowing someone's shorts? No, I don't know. I would say if this, <laughs> if this is shaking his head a lot. <laughs> if this character is so casual, like just sloughing it off, I'm more concerned. Like, what other areas of your life are you like? No big deal. No. Yeah, <laughs> like that's the slippery I slope. I stole your money, <laughs> right? Like, I, I, you weren't using it, dude. Your girlfriend came over here. <laughs> right. and she was lonely. Yeah. Uh, like, we hooked up. Whatever. No. Yeah, I would. This guy sounds kind of like he could be a douche. Sounds like a one sided relationship. Oh, no. And that's yeah. a bigger issue for Amy See? to deal with. Yeah. For him. For Amy Adams to deal with. <laughs> for Amy have Adams you ever, Have you ever worn anyone like else's underwear? Well, yeah. I don't oh, think on purpose. Not on purpose. <laughs> accidentally. Maybe accidentally. Like, oh. Sure. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I once uh, I lived in an apartment building and uh, a guy and I we switched up our like green olivey shorts yeah because I was like oh these ones are a bit too big but then we would like see each other and we, I think we were both uh, close enough so, so you just never switched it was, a, it was back. an unspoken trade <laughs> but if it had been boxers would no, you trade it back no. I would just throw them out just I would never go back yeah. to somebody and say like, I'm, I'm actually sure been wearing your underwear for a bit <laughs> whoops but meaning to get you but okay that. if they were clean like I'm not saying okay. I'm not saying 
I would let a roommate just like grab underwear from my drawer and be like, hey, I'm going to wear these, yeah. bitch. I don't know who I live with. <laughs> I've never heard you talk like that. Just... No, I'm sorry. You should. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I just picture that happy the conversation if she was taking yeah, my underwear. That's how roommates talk to each other. But yeah. if it was like, hey, I'm in a huge bind. I'm about to go on a date. I have no clean underwear. <laughs> I would. Because they're clean. Like, I've I watched made reservations. Them. I got my sweater. Like, but this I, is oh, like the moment. Dates love when you don't wear underwear. Yeah. Um, no, I guess I'm going to say it's different if it's like a one-off situation. If it's like, can I borrow this this one time? But you if would it's let like, a guy borrow your underwear one time. If it's sure. like a desperate yeah. situation no, for a date, well. David, don't look at me like that. I'm saying mm-hmm. if it's like, but if it's like a systematized, yes. regular like thing, every time, I'm yeah. like, you need to get your life together, bro. Okay, so our bro. recommendation is either do his laundry for him or <laughs> That's yours. get him to move out. Or just, I think, confront him one more time. Because I bet how he confronted him was like, Hey, bro, yeah. you're stealing my underwear. Not cool, bro. Yeah. And I feel like it needs to be like, no, seriously, bro, stop. Probably made a joke about yeah, it. Yeah, he was, was like, like uh, I yeah. don't know. It's going to make a bad joke. David, any any advice? Have you, you know, encountered a similar situation? No. I think, again, I, I, I'm with uh, Christina. I think uh, confront him again. But also, again, like, I'm more worried about, like, what other areas Yeah, yeah this could be a broader. This could be a broader thing. Yeah. This is an iceberg thing. He is 100% going to steal your girlfriend. Yeah. He's yeah. going to be like, bro, I just didn't do laundry that day. Like, bro, I My Tinder didn't... was down. Like, that's the equivalent. <laughs> My Tinder was <laughs> like, down. So I had to just swipe mine. something. <laughs> <laughs> and I swiped your girlfriend. <laughs> um, so before before you go, we'll we'll do one thing. Yes, we have a live show on September twelfth. September twelfth. Um, we'd love for you to come join us. Sure, we'll make it happen. Yeah, on our new sketch show, Five Finger Fun. <laughs> Yikes! Fun. Um, Yikes! But thanks for coming to join us. My pleasure. Thank you. So nice that was fun. Um, come back anytime. Now let's go help them vacuum these halls in the office tower. (laughs) Today's episode was recorded in Ottawa, Ontario at Pop-Up Podcasting, featuring Christina Muehlberger and Ryan Mulligan, recorded by J.P. Davidson, and featuring music by Nikolai Haidless, Mr. Gavin, and Fox Beat Music, all available on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening.